Hi, I'm Dan Pramack, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by General Motors. Today is Thursday, March 18th. Gas prices are up, tech stocks keep going down, and we're focused on the post-pandemic future of Starbucks. Starbucks is about to celebrate its 50th year in business, but it's never been through a year like last year. Like other food and beverage retailers, Starbucks was hammered by pandemic lockdowns and other restrictions, leading to its first annual revenue decline since the 2009 financial crisis. Tables and chairs got shoved into corners or put into storage. Mobile ordering and drive throughs took on added importance. Not just in the U.S., but at most of its more than 30,000 locations in over 70 countries. Why it matters is that Starbucks is arguably an avatar for consumer behavior. It's designed to be as much about the experience of going to a coffee shop as it is about getting a cup of coffee, particularly the idea of using its stores as a place to socialize or get work done. If you want to know when we're really in the post-pandemic era, what happens inside of a Starbucks is a pretty decent barometer. So today we want to speak with Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson about what pandemic changes to the company are permanent and its future policies on everything from mask mandates to employee vaccinations to remote work, plus, of course, his standard coffee order. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Kevin Johnson, CEO of Starbucks. Kevin, let's start here. Starbucks has obviously had to make a lot of operational changes over the last year. You know, a lot of them were reactive to local situations vis-a-vis the pandemic. From the consumer experience, what pandemic changes do you think are going to become permanent? Well, Dan, certainly this has been an unprecedented year. And at Starbucks, we've had to adapt rapidly to sort of the, the changing environment and the shifts in consumer behavior. You know, I'd say through the pandemic, uh, what consumers were looking for were experiences that are safe, familiar, and convenient. As vaccination programs roll out, consumers are going to want to socialize. They're going to want to connect with one another. They're going to want to get out of their homes and feel a part of the community. So human connection will be, we think, the number one consumer behavior that we're going to see immediately following this pandemic. But then there's some others that are enduring. Customers will look for experiences that effortlessly fit their lifestyle. So you take our mobile app, you take curbside, mobile order for delivery, pickup, drive-through. Those kinds of experiences will stay. Within the stores themselves, are there, whether they be safety things or hygiene things or things you've had to do in the past year you hadn't done previously, which now become part of kind of standard operating procedure inside the store? Yeah, you know, I certainly think that uh, a lot of the safety protocols we adopted were sort of driven by our desire to meet and exceed the CDC standards. And so, you know, I think we're going to continue to listen to the CDC because even as vaccinations roll out, we're still going to have to be dealing with COVID and some percentage of the population on an ongoing basis. So I do think that the health uh, protocols in the stores, you know, I think over time, more consumers will, will not be wearing masks in public places. But for now, we continue to require masks. And I think that will stay. You know, I actually think, though, that consumers want to connect. So this desire to come and enjoy their food and beverage in our stores, be a part of a community, that's going to be amplified as we come out of this pandemic. Just to follow up quickly, you mentioned the mask policy will stay for now. Will it be followed by CDC? In other words, when CDC says we don't, you don't need to wear these in public, you pull it? Or how do you make that decision? 
Well, we always do what's right for our Starbucks partners and the customers we serve. And we've been taking our cues from the CDC and we will continue to do that. But we'll, ma we'll make a judgment on what we think is right at the time. And right now we think it's still very important. We require masks, uh, facial coverings for our partners and customers in our stores at this time. And we think that's important. Speaking of your partners, you've said that you will encourage your employees to get vaccinated, but won't require it. At least for customer facing employees, why not require it? Well, I think that's a personal choice for each individual, and we're strongly encouraging it for our partners. We're going to pay them for two hours of their time to actually go get the vaccination, and we're going to have a very, very high percentage of partners we know that are going to go embrace vaccinations. But we think that's a personal decision, as it is for every citizen, and we respect that. We're going to make sure we create uh, those safe, familiar, convenient experiences for our partners and customers going forward, and we just think that's the right thing to do for our partners. Do you expect that you're going to have busier stores, not in the line to get a cup of coffee, but busier in terms of people wanting a table, whether it be inside or outside, than you had pre-pandemic? Well, all I can say, Dan, is when we started reopening seating in our stores, even with limited seating, it was immediate. Customers were back and that limited seating was being used by customers. So, you know, we can see, you know, what Vivek Murthy, our Surgeon General, calls this social recession. We can see it. As soon as we start opening limited seating in our Starbucks stores, customers are there. They want to be a part of the community. You know, at the same time, customers continue to use all of the convenient channels that we have, whether it's drive-through or mobile order and pickup or delivery. But we do think that we're on the verge of what we call the great human reconnection, which is we think people are going to get out. They're going to want to socialize. They're going to want to go to restaurants. They're going to want to go to Starbucks. They're going to want to be a part of something familiar that allows them to personally connect with other humans. Kevin, you know, there's so much talk uh, from CEOs and just normal people, I guess, about kind of what post-pandemic America looks like or what a post-pandemic Starbucks looks like. How do you, in your mind, decide when we have crossed into post-pandemic? What's the tipping point? Well, I, you know, I, I think once, I don't know, it was, I'd say late last summer, we crossed a point where I declared we were no longer in a crisis. We had figured out at Starbucks how to basically navigate in a global pandemic. And so we just shifted to a mode that we called monitor and adapt. That would allow us, if, if there was uh, increased spread of COVID, we could start to constrain some of the experiences in a store. If the curve was declining and a particular community was not seeing huge spread of COVID, we could open up customer experiences in that store. And we've been in that monitor and adapt mode since late last summer. Candidly, I think with the vaccination program, you know, we're going to get out of the mode where it's a pandemic and maybe it gets to an epidemic and then maybe it ultimately just gets to cases of outbreaks that we can manage globally around the world on a community by community level. We're on the cusp of that uh, of that transition, I think. At Starbucks headquarters, are employees back? And if not, when would you expect to bring them back? Yeah, we made a decision, Dan, last October to basically tell our partners, we're going to come back in October of 2021. So we basically, I wanted to give Starbucks partners certainty about what we were going to do for this next year so they could make their plans and they knew they were going to be working from home or wherever they wanted to work from, you know, digitally. And that's worked very well for us. I also did it because we are renovating the building that we are in here in our headquarters. And basically, this is a building that's about 4,000 Starbucks partners that come to work here. And we're renovating it for what we consider to sort of be the modern way of working, which will be more flex time, more meetings that will have people that are maybe in person, but some that are joining us via video teleconference. We use Microsoft Teams. 
So we're doing a major renovation, but October, we expect to welcome our partners back to this building. Do you expect to welcome them all back? Or do you think there are going to be people, say, who move to wherever, another state, another city, and just say, you can keep working from there. You're doing a good job. We're certainly going to have flex work time. It's not going to go back to the way it was pre-pandemic. And it's also not going to go to where you can work from wherever you want. To be able to propagate culture, to be able to co-create things like store designs and beverage innovation, there's some amount of work that requires you to work collaboratively here in the building with partners. I actually think on any given day, we might have, say, 75% of the total partner base might be in this building at one point in time. So we're going to need less floor space. We're going to give partners more flexibility to do flex work. But at the same time, I think the partners will live sort of in a vicinity that allows them maybe to come into the support center here one or two days a week, even if they're doing the majority of their work offsite. Starbucks is coming up on its 50th anniversary. What do you think right now is the legacy of Starbucks? Well, you know, Starbucks is a company that was grounded in a mission of humanity, the human experience. You know, you think about uh, a mission statement to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, one neighborhood at a time. I think that's the legacy of the company. We are a company that cares about all stakeholders, you know, starting with our partners, including our customers, the communities we serve, as well as our shareholders. Kevin, final question. It is early in the morning. You wake up and you go out to a Starbucks, whether you get in line or you order mobile. What's your order? You know, my morning uh, beverage is a short triple espresso with just a little bit of hot water. So it's basically a very strong Americano. I usually drive. I pick that up at my home store, drive into work. And by the time I get into the work, uh, I make a French press. Typically, it's going to be Sumatra or aged Sumatra French press. And then uh, my afternoon beverage is going to be a uh, a blonde flat white. So that's kind of my my routine. Do you think the home store and the people working there are a little freaked out because they know if they mess it up, they're messing up the CEO's order? No, they see me every day. They're pretty comfortable with me. I throw on the green apron. I'll get behind the bar with them. So they're my partners and we enjoy each other. So uh, I look forward to seeing them and they take good care of me. Kevin Johnson, CEO of Starbucks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Welcome back. What we're watching today is March Madness, as the men's NCAA basketball tournament tips off in Indiana. To some extent, this is a return to normal after last year's pandemic-prompted cancellation, at least for those of us watching along on TV or participating in office pools. But for the teams involved, this isn't anything like what they or any other college basketball teams have ever experienced before. This is March Madness in a bubble. The players, coaches, and staffs are effectively being quarantined inside of their hotels, only really being let out when it's time to play. Stories have been emerging about how teams are running practices in hotel hallways and how it's been tough for some of them to get hot meals delivered. And unlike the NBA bubble last year in Orlando, this is Indianapolis in March, where the high temperature today is only supposed to hit 44 degrees. One Iowa player told the AP that he's spending about 15 hours per day in bed. An Alabama player also told AP that he and his teammates are passing the time by playing cards. Or as a Michigan player summed up to the Detroit Free Press, quote, we're embracing the suck. The bottom line is that March Madness is back after missing 2020, and that's welcome news. But it doesn't quite feel like what we hope 2021 will be remembered for. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great national Sloppy Joe Day. We'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.